0: God bless you. It's good to be here today. Amen. God is moving in power. Amen. Are you blessed? Yes. Turn around. Just acknowledge each other in the house. And we're going to welcome people watching live stream at home. You are welcome. God moves in amazing, mysterious, unusual ways. Praise the Lord that we're going to have an event at the end of the service. We're going to have a little surprise, blessed surprise, anointing, Holy Spirit surprise. So you're blessed to be here. I mean, this week we've had a really angelic movement around, I've experienced many things this week, amazing, which is, which is powerful. So I just want to just give it to the Lord tonight and uh, just be open, be in expectation. I don't know if people are still making their way here, but I know God has a message for us and tonight's subject is dreams and nightmares. Amen. Dreams and nightmares. Hallelujah.
1: Nightmares?
0: Do you want to say something? Come and say something about nightmares. You want to say something? Go on. A quick. Yeah, a bit of humor, okay. <laughs> this is a Bible study, unexpected things happen. That way, around that way. You don't want to hit your head on that tele- television screen.
1: Praise the Lord, gone. About nightmares. Um, I never forget, uh, when it comes to dreams, what I was saying is, uh, nothing more than dreaming. Well, they're positive dreams. Well, a dream would be positive. It could be surreal, it could not make sense, but it can make sense. If you have a dream, and it mean that much to you, go go for your dream, never give up. No matter what people say, and what obstacles come your way, because it can become reality. And uh, when it comes to nightmares, Nightmares. um, I didn't, well, I did have a lot of nightmares. Yeah, but I was saying back in the day how I was, um, well, I'm not trying to pick myself up A tough guy Involved in a lot of things I'm not proud of mm-hmm. um, But they said um, Do you get nightmares? They said to me To put it this way I'm so tough Even my own nightmares are scared of me <laughs> that's true. So, yeah So, um, that's all I've got to say about that Thank you.
0: Well, the good thing that Paul, has come here on the platform today. He's had a, a life, turbulent life, challenges in his life. But tonight, God spoke to him. And at the end of the service, he'll be baptised. After how many years, God pulls him in and he's blessed tonight. Your blessing, biggest surprise and biggest blessing and biggest honour tonight that you are being baptised. Amen. So get yourself ready. Because this is when you're going to start to rumble. Amen. Because we want the nightmares to be afraid of us. We want the enemy to be afraid of us. We want to move forward in power. Okay. Amen. Say one more thing and we'll go back yeah. to the word. Well,
1: yeah, I was trying to get here and, and the enemy did not want me to come here tonight because the roadblocks and, that, and all that. I was getting a bit frustrated, but I persevered. Praise the
0: Lord. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to call you up at the end. We're going to get the baptismal form ready. We're going to get close for you. And it's all going to happen. Praise God tonight. Dreams and nightmares. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Paul. Let's give, a, let's give the Lord a clap. Let's be alive in the house. Amen. Praise. There's a lot to be said about dreams. The Bible speaks a lot about dreams. And God wants us to have dreams and have visions but the enemy comes to spoil those dreams and those visions and turn them into nightmares and non-events. And we want to pray, what is the, how do we move forward? What's the mechanism to move forward and fulfill our dreams? It's to have an attitude that come what may, come hell or high water, we are pressing on. Whatever obstacles that are thrown against us, we want to press on and we want to use those obstacles as stepping stones to get further ahead where God wants us to be. Praise God. Amen. It's powerful. And I want to look at a few references relating to dreams through the word of God because God actually speaks to us through dreams. Amen. And we need to be sensitive and we need to be able to differentiate what a nightmare is and what a dream is. Some time ago, in the civil rights movement in America, Martin Luther King, Jr., he said he had a dream. But unfortunately, his dream took momentum, nonviolence, violence peaceful uh, rallies and so forth, but the animal was against him, it's changing his, his dream into a nightmare. Ultimately, he was assassinated. Because people don't, the world does not like dreamers to so have positive dreams that make the difference the enemy comes to still kill, and destroy the dreams God places in the life, but we must be tenacious and have a, a, a spirit that will rise above all that will come against us. Praise God. In fact, the prophet Joel prophesied something that came to pass at Pentecost with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, you cannot but help but have dreams. That God wants to speak to you through the channel, through channels of dreams. Give you your visions, give you your dreams, give you direction in your life. Then it becomes still that, but God wants to reinforce it. Tonight I want to reinforce your dreams for you this evening. So you step forward and move forward because with God, you can fulfill every dream that you have in God. Praise the Lord. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. This is what he says. If you have notes, take, take them down. People watching live stream, especially the young, the young people in the, in the house today and watching, take note of these because God wants to raise you as pillars in the kingdom of God. You've got to be prepared for action. You have to be ready in season and out of season, praise God. You know, look at this church, the testament of this church, the pastors of this church have been ministering. With the senior pastor and all the pastors and all the deacons and all the, members, all the ones who, who tirelessly work week in and week out. It's not one year. It's not two years. It's coming to 30 years here alone that we've been serving the purpose of God. Without, without turning away from what God's invited us to do. It's not been easy. It's challenges that have also come against us. But we persevere to come to where we are at this particular point. And to give the testimony we don't have enough time this evening for me to give you testimonies how god helped us navigate and come to where we are now and we thank god on this night praise the lord hallelujah what he has done what he's doing and what he will do and so when joel joel the prophet prophesied he said then it shall come to pass afterward that i will pour out my spirit on all flesh god wants everyone included there's no one excluded in the promise of god the only way we can be excluded from God's promise if we desire to not be a part of it, not to participate and not accept his word. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream shall dream and, and dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Prophecy, dreams, visions. That's part and parcel of the Christian walk. If you're not having, if you're not being moved, stirred by the Spirit of God to have the dreams and the visions, you've got to examine your connection to God. We've got to examine our connection to God because God is supernatural. We provide the natural, He provides the supernatural. Praise God. Hallelujah. In the same way you tune into a channel in a television and you receive the the images that you receive from your television uh, set, your frequencies and so, we need to connect to God because God wants to to reveal, wants to project Himself. through us to the world. We must become the screen that people see God's words, God's prophecy, God's, God's, God's directions to the life. We must be that, that screen, that canvas that people see us and see the evidence of God's word in our lives. And we need to desire that. And that was fulfilled at Pentecost. In fact, Acts chapter 2, verse 17, I want to cross-reference for you to help you look at this, to see what was spoken by the prophet has come to pass, praise God, hallelujah. And it shall come to pass, it's a fulfillment, in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, praise God. So it's all about dreaming. We want to be dreamers for God. But you know, sometimes God's dreams to the carnal man are nightmares. We've got to differentiate between the dream and the nightmare because for some people, if God gives them a dream that they get up and do some work, for them it's a nightmare. When God gives them a dream and says you need to take a responsibility for your Christian life, for some it's a nightmare. Sometimes God gives them a dream. You want to give something of yourself, material thing, financial thing, out. For some people, that's a nightmare. I wish I'm speaking to someone today, praise God. I'm going to have a party up here on my own. If you want to join the party, feel free to do so. So we need to understand what is a dream or what is a nightmare. Because sometimes the world gives you a dream and promises you great things. But that really is, a, is fake. It's an illusion, a delusion, Hallelujah, praise God. God wants us to work tirelessly for the kingdom of God, to serve his purpose, for the eternal purpose, not just temporal satisfaction and and gratification, but for the eternal plan of God. And it takes effort. It takes neology. It takes challenges to fulfill that, praise God. Hallelujah. And you'll see this in the world. The world knows these principles, these businessmen, these corporate corporations. They invest so much money, so much time in their vision. If we did likewise in our spiritual, for our spiritual well-being, we'll be empowered. Hallelujah. We'll overcome any, any adversity. We'll overste- it'll be the stepping stone. And we'll, we'll, we'll fly over it as, as eagles, or we'll, we'll mount up with wings as eagles, praise God, if we wait on the Lord. Job, when he was afflicted, he, he, he tried to find comfort in many different ways. He tried to be comforted by his friends. His wife was negative to asking him to curse God. And he says, why are you speaking like the foolish women? You know, I'm not going to curse. Uh, we are got to take the good and bad at the same time. And he's trying to find comfort even in his bed, even in sleep. And he's saying that God gave him dreams but also gave him nightmares. This is Job chapter 7 verse 13. It says this, when I say my bed will comfort me. We're looking for comfort all around us. We're looking for comfort in the wrong places. The only place to find comfort is in God. He is the true comforter. Hallelujah. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. It's the comforter, the spirit the paraclete. The spirit of truth that brings us true comfort, eternal comfort. We're looking for quick fixing things in the world and they do not, they do not comfort us in, a, in an internal, esoteric way in our spirit, in our soul. Hallelujah, praise God. And he says, when I say my bed will comfort me, my couch will ease my complaint, that means material things will try and, and, and console us. It doesn't happen. No one can comfort us really truly in the inner person. We may sleep on comfortable beds, but we might be uncomfortable. You, you get that when you get home. You might be sleeping in the best spring beds, sleep easy, but you cannot find peace. You're not, you're, it's not really easy, it's hard. Because it's not what's happening around you, it's what's happening inside of you that makes a difference. Hallelujah. And then he says that then, then you scare me with dreams. And terrify me with visions. So We try and sleep, and the mere images come into our mind. Some people they are so many challenges; they they're, they're anxious about so many different things in life. And the world wants to wants to overload us, uh, 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 challenge us continually, and bring anxiety into our lives. And only through God we can He gives His beloved sleep. It says the Scripture says, and if way he be, He's beloved. You know, when Jesus was baptized, this might be loved son in whom I'm well pleased. Why was he well pleased with Jesus? Because he was obedient. And our obedience is better than sacrifice. And that pleases God. And from there, he says, this might be loved son, hear him. Because once we're obedient, God entrusts us with his purpose, with his mission, with his words that we can communicate his words. We won't include our words. We will not dilute God's words with our words, which is happening on the pulpits all over the world today. Men are taking God's word and diluting it with their word and corrupting the word. That loses its power. If you take a cup of petrol and you pour it in, in a gallon of water, it loses its potency. Am I, Am I, is it scientific or not? It, can you put a, a, a little cup of water in, in a gallon of, of water and put it in your car and have the same function of the car as you had if it's pure? I'm going to go home. We need to wake up spiritually. Because there's clouds coming over the world that we need to be awake because we need to be tuned with the author of creation. They turn he who who holds eternity, which is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And truth is parallel. You try doing that. Anyone who's driving a car, go get 1 to 10 ratio of petrol with water. Pour it in your car. See if you're going to get anywhere. Try to dilute the Word of God with your own ideas, your own imaginations, your friends, your, your, your good wishes, your, your, your good, do good-doing mentality. It won't get you anywhere. It needs to be pure, empowered, power, pure, that changes everything, the Word of God. Hallelujah. And so dreams are very important. And if we're sensitive, we're prayerful, we'll understand the dreams of God and our own imagination. Because we do have imaginations. Amen. Because the enemy comes to penetrate our minds, he sows seeds in our minds, negative seeds in our minds. Praise God. Two Corinthians chapter ten verse four says this: For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. And a big weapon, a big weapon against the adversity is humility. The devil doesn't like you be. I said it before. Doesn't like you to be a humble, have a humble disposition. And verse, uh, verse 5, it says this, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And the warfare is in our mind, praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah? So, so God, the enemy tries to penetrate our mind, put false uh, I- images in our mind, false ideas in our mind, things like this corrupt us. But God comes to cleanse our mind. That's where you have the mind of Christ, praise God. So God uses, uses the medium of dreams to speak to those who are open to the spiritual dimension. And if you have a, a prayerful disposition, if you have a righteous disposition, if you have a desire to truly serve God in spirit and truth, God, that is, that, that, that is the, the, the prompt for God to speak into our lives. Hallelujah. And so we see that at the time we're looking at the Christmas season, as we say, we don't know the date that Jesus was born, but thank God he was born. He came into the world. Uh, but the thing is, what, that what was taking place around his birth, there was a lot of things happening. A young virgin by the name of Mary uh, was visited by the angel Gabriel, and she was given the divine purpose, divine mandate, divine mission, and she couldn't understand it. How can this be? And oftentimes when God speaks into our lives, he'll tell us things that we cannot comprehend in our limitations, but we need, it, it requires, it comes under the category of trusting God. We need to trust him even if we don't understand him. Hallelujah. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, and God spoke into our life and she'll, uh, the Holy Spirit will overshadow her, as we told in the Gospel of Luke, and she'll conceive and, 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 and the child will be called the Son of God, will be uh, uh, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us and so forth, praise God. But they could not understand, they didn't have the science to understand these things in those times, very limited and understandable, can be forgiven for not understanding. And she was betrothed to a man called Joseph, who was a righteous man. And when he discovered that she was pre- impregnated he didn't know how it happened, but he decided secretly to put away that she will not become a scandal and be stoned to death. Yeah? And so, but in the course of that between wanting to put away secretly and, 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 and it actually happening, he had a dream. And God spoke to him in the dream. And this is the dream in Matthew chapter tw- Chapter, Sorry, let me just go very quickly. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. I want to read, I want to read a few verses, uh, come into this. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found a child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So, between trying to put her away secretly and actually it taking place, he has a dream. He has a divine encounter. An angel visits him, but not physically, as he did with Mary. He visited him in a dream. And this qualifies the dream dimension of our being, our existence, because dreams are important to us. They are a channel that God can speak into people's lives and it's and it's actually qualified throughout the scripture from from the old testament right through to the new testament we see even even worldly kings have dreams and prophets interpret them for them like daniel or joseph oh, praise god it's important to be sensitive in our dream life because our life is divided into different, different portions. We dream, we sleep for quite a quiet period of time, a third of the day perhaps we sleep. Some people speak sleep half a day <laughs> or maybe longer. Some people haven't woken up yet, but anyway, we won't wake them up, we speak quietly. Yeah? So, so it's very important. If it's a third of your life, God is not going to ignore you for a third of your life. Oh, he's awake now, now we can engage with him or her doesn't wait to your physique. He will speak to you any opportunity. God will communicate something to you life. The skill is to know when God is speaking or the enemy is trying to interfere with your mind and imagination. That's a skill. And the only way to safeguard yourself from that, be filled with the Holy Spirit, as we're told in Joel. That they'll be prophesying, they'll be having dreams, and they'll be having visions. Praise God. Hallelujah. I wish I'm speaking. This is a powerful message this evening for you to set the tone as we come to the end of 2024. Uh, 2023, I should say, coming to 2024, I'm ahead. I'm ahead of you it's by a year. And then he says this. Then he says this. I want to put away secret. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, "Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you your uh, take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son." And you should call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall conceive, shall shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took her to him, and took to him his wife. Praise God. So the dream changed the course of direction of his life he was going. And we've got to be sensitive because a dream can change the course of our lives if we're sensitive to that. Praise God. And sometimes there are dreams that are are warnings to be careful of things or be careful of people. And we've got to sense, we've got to actually acknowledge that and, and embrace that. And, and, and act upon it, praise God. In fact, when they were going to, um, when, they, when they condemned Jesus and they, and they were accusing him, falsely accusing him, and they wanted Pilate to sentence him to death. Watch what happens here. This is Pilate's wife. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 17 says this. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have nothing to do with this just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. Something was communicated to her through a dream that made her uncomfortable, and she wanted her husband not to be involved in the actions, the plans of Jesus' accusers. And sometimes dreams, God speaks to us through the, the channel of dream to avoid certain situations and get out of certain situations or certain environments or certain relationships. But we dismiss dreams as something imagination. Sometimes dreams are, va- dreams are valid, sometimes they're not valid. But you need a dream interpreter or have the Holy Spirit to help you understand the meaning of the dream. Hallelujah. Come on, I wish I am speaking to someone. In fact, in in Daniel chapter 1, verse 17, it says this. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. There's some people set apart to understand, to have dreams and understand the dreams and interpret not just their dreams, but interpret other dreams. Or know that other people have had dreams and interpret them before they're told of the dream the individual had before that they interpreted it. Yeah? So it's very important that we are sensitive to dreams. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, in Matthew 2, verse 8, this is what it says. Again, relating to dreams. The scripture's marred with dreams. It says this, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, "This is the herald sending the Magi, the wise men, to Bethlehem to try and find this Jesus. Everyone was speaking about; they were expecting the Messiah to come, the King of the Jews. And it was a competition for Herod, because his his kingship was threatened. He didn't want to be overthrown. And sometimes, how do how do you deal with your competitor? You get you, you eradicate the competitor." So there's no competition. That's what tyrants base their, their reign on, on, by destroying the opposition. Yeah. So go and, and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. This is false. He just wanted to know them to give away where Jesus was. Yeah. I wanted to worship him. And as we know, if we just take it up the Greek, please, just very quickly. Interestingly, that Herald uses this word, worship, and the Greek word is broskiniso, means to, not just to worship, but there's a divine uh, implication there that he's going to look at this child, not just as king, but divine, because you only worship God, Hallelujah, praise God. And is Herod going to compromise his status, his pride, his arrogance, his power for a child? This is all fake. And the devil comes to say, the devil is a liar. He's been a liar and a murderer from the beginning, praise God. He says, I worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them. Till it came and stood over where the young child was. AND WHEN THEY SAW THE STAR, THEY REJOICED WITH exceedingly GREAT JOY. AND WHEN THEY HAD COME INTO THE HOUSE, INTERESTINGLY, YOU HAVE YOUR your CHRISTMAS CARDS WITH JESUS IN A STABLE. HE SAYS HERE, THEY CAME INTO THE HOUSE. The, the, THE GREEK WORD IS HOUSE, NOT A STABLE. So the child was not just an infant baby just born. It was probably, we calculated perhaps he was one or coming up to two years old when the Magi arrived at Bethlehem at the place where Jesus was, was located. Hallelujah. And so they came to the house and, and when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and they worshipped him. Again, worshipped, which is directed to God. The divine, this is the word implies divinity, uh, worshiping a divine, uh, divine entity. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divine again, dreams again. So, don't take your dream life lightly. Sometimes it's that, where, it's that place where God gets your attention. The enemy can sometimes influence your dreams, your imagination, your thoughts, by giving you images before you sleep that you, re, you replay them in your sleep. That's something completely different. But this is direct entrance of God's word into, into your mind, into your soul, into your dream sleep life. And they, and then being divinely warmed in, how, in a? They depart, they the dream that they should not return to Herod, they were warned. Given direction what to do. They departed for their own country another way. They changed the direction they will go in. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a? Dream, dream, dream. Departed, they should not, and so forth. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the child, the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. We're going to be sensitive in our prayer life. Awake. And as much in our dream is sleep life as we are awake. Pray before you go to bed. Pray when you get up in the morning. So we say we do this. But have, have a conscientious attitude in relation to prayer. Praise God. And so that's the first part. Then we move on to the second part, which we find in Matthew chapter 2, verse 19. After Herod dies... Yeah? And we find this. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared, to, appeared in a dream to Joseph. In each, again, in a dream. So, has God stopped? Jesus is born. God is still speaking to his people. Yeah? Has God stopped speaking, using these channels of communication into people's lives? Yeah? We see that right through. We see that either, even Peter, when he, was, he had a vision of the sheet coming down was in a trance like sleep kind of condition and God spoke to him he got his attention in that place and he saw saw all unclean type of animals he says nothing unclean has passed my lips he says don't call unclean that which I have cleansed which you're speaking about the Gentiles I I wish I'm speaking to someone this evening saying arise take the young child this verse 20 and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who sought the young child's life are dead so the angel speaks into his life Uh, yeah But God unfolds his plan as we follow his instruction. We've got to be sensitive when God is speaking into our lives that we'll adapt according to God's directions and not just switch off and go headlong without thinking about what we're doing. We need to be prayerful in everything we are doing. I wish I'm speaking to someone. And arise and take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. So, it's safe for you to go back to Israel now. Watch this. But when he heard that Hileas was reigning over Judea instead of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. So, he heard that someone else's regime was continued with that same kind of spite and evil that Herod had. Yeah? He was discerning what was happening around. He wasn't just, follow, just going blindly. He was involved in the, in the mission, in the prophecy, in the calling what God was saying to, you, and we've got to be involved prayerfully. What we attend to, the reason oftentimes people do not have a, a divine encounter or supernatural experience because they're disconnected from it, and they don't and they don't allow it because they they, they, they they somehow they they just cut off from it. Yeah, they don't they don't they don't acknowledge it. They don't acknowledge that God can speak to us, and we cut it off. And that's why we don't have that connection. And it can hap- happen around us. There'll be uh, movement around us, but we miss it because we're too engaged in other things that are, are, are to do with carnalities and not spiritualities. Yeah? I'm trying to, I'm trying to break it down so you can get what, what, what the word is saying here. And being warned by God in a dream. Now, you see angels are speaking to him. Now, God speaks to him in a dream. Yeah? And God gives us on a need to know basis directions in our lives. Yeah, on a need to know basis. Sometimes we plan to do something, everything's in place to do it, but the last moment, one second to the 12th hour, God says, I want this, I want you to abandon this. The skill is to be able to abandon it knowing that you're serving the purpose of God. Sometimes we carry on things through because we put all that effort. And it's a waste of effort to carry on, to not carry on, so we might as well carry on. But if God's saying, don't carry on, stop where you are. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside to the region of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in the city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by by the prophets, he should be called a Nazarene. Now this is a lot of information to digest and to decode here. I'm going to try and just give it, take it some more uh, different layers of what this word is speaking about into our lives, which is powerful and very profound. And if we're open, we should be able to have these encounters, these experiences on a daily, daily basis, daily basis, yeah? And we miss out what's happening around, yeah? There's a, there's a supernatural as well as there's a natural coexisting at the, same pl- at the same time where we are, even in this building now. There 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 cannot but be, is that the right expression? There cannot but be angelic movement here now. It cannot but be the presence of the Holy Spirit here now. cannot but be, because if it's not, we've got no place to be here. If God is not here and his angels are not around us, we might as well not be here, because the angels are around God. And if there's no angels here, it means that God's somehow, his imminent presence is here, but his manifest presence is not here. And we want his manifest presence with us because his imminent presence fills the world and that's why it all functions. Whether you believe or you don't believe, his imminent presence is there because that's what holds the the universe in its place, his imminent presence, but his manifest presence is when we acknowledge him and say, Lord, speak to me because I want to follow where you're leading, not where I want to go, praise God. It's very important. That's why Paul came here tonight. God spoke to him in his heart. And he called me this afternoon and says, he said, Bishop, there's something that I've got surprised this evening. I want to share with you. I said, no, come down tonight. And everything was trying to block his passage. Come, the traffic, everything was going against him to come. In, but he came because God told him tonight, after I've known Paul for since the 90s, early 90s, and his family. And tonight is his time. He's going to get baptised. He says, I want to baptize. I'm not going to do it tomorrow. I'm not going to do it Sunday. I want to do it tonight. I want to get baptized tonight. Because something spoke into his life and changed everything. He going to say, let's plan it. God is spontaneous. If you start planning things, you're in control. And it's, God's, maybe, God may not even be in that process. might be just you going having a bath. But when God is in the equation of your life, he changes everything. Don't put off to tomorrow what you can do today. Maximize the day. Redeem the time. You don't know what the next moment brings. Hallelujah. As he said, I don't know. Something can happen to me tomorrow. Something can happen to me on Sunday. But I want to do it tonight. Praise the Lord. We're getting ready for that. And that's powerful. So we've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And one thing you notice with Joseph's life. He was not Jesus' father. Right? He could have found a hundred different reasons why... He should abandon Mary. The word Mary, incidentally, means bitter. Yeah? And God. Inhabits bitter places. And when he comes to bitter places, he makes them sweet, praise God. He could have at any time said, you know, well, I'm not getting involved in this. I've got no precedent, I've got no reference point to show that these things can happen. This was a unique moment, a unique event in history for all time. And that one unique event changed the whole world as we as they knew it that time. The world has never been the same because of that one unique event that took place with the Virgin Conception. Whether we understand it or not, that actually, according to the word, and according to history, according to prophecy, has come to pass. Unquestionable in its, in its sense, in itself. Why? Because if, that, if, the resur- if we cannot believe in the virgin birth, we can never believe in the resurrection. It takes faith. It takes faith. And God spoke to me and said to me, if I reveal myself, In my pure glory and essence, yes, they'll believe, but I want to see faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing that of the Word of God. I want to see faith. Faith is walking faith, it's not talking, it's not just knowledge, it's about a way of life, lifestyle. And that's what I say to all the people I work with, even with athletics. I'm talking to athletes. I say, it's got to be a way of life, it's got to be a lifestyle. You want to be the best in your field, it's got to be a lifestyle. It's not a hobby. It's not you don't just do it one day a week. You've got to live it. You've got to sleep it. You've got to dream it. You've got to eat it. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to drink it. You've got to, you've, got to ref- you've got to do everything you do. It has to revolve around that, that lifestyle that, that will take you where you need. And that's what Christianity is about. It's a lifestyle, not a religion. We live it on a daily basis. The carnal man wants to rise in, in, in us oftentimes, but we need to subdue the carnal man. And let God take over. We need that. You, you know you want the best for yourself, let God take over. If you want the best for your life, let God take over. Stop trying to work, stop trying to work out things in your own mind. Get rid of your mind. Get rid, This is the problem. And when Joseph, his mind was saying rationale, said, it, how, can, how can this young girl, she was about 14 years, she's a virgin. How can she be impregnated and there's no man involved, physical? Well, God spoke to him and he said, you know what? I may not understand it, but I, I, I trust the source I'm coming, I'm getting it from. It's like you go to the doctor, he gives you a prescription. You don't understand the prescription, but you trust the source it comes from. So you got to take this medication. That medication might kill you, you don't know. But you trust the source that, that gives it to you and that's with God. We trust him because his track record is 100% foolproof with no errors fulfilled. Time and time again, the probabilities of all these things happening. You can't, there's not a worldly number that you can calculate as a probability these things to take place, but they have. And often people say to me, Well, the Bible's written by men. Well, there must be some very clever men, no computers. No technology. There must be some very clever men. What do you mean? Well, to predict that Euphrates is going to dry and it's drying up now. There must be someone very clever. At that time, it was unthought, unheard of that Euphrates was dry. Hold it, hold it. Uh, a cashless society would live by numbers. Hold it a second. The, the, the Hebrew alphabet is not numerical. How did he think of numerical things when the Hebrew language is not numerical? That he says one day it would be a cashless, it would be a digital society. How He must have been a very clever man to actually see this. he must have seen it through the lens of, of, of a visionary. Therefore, if he's a visionary, the word of God is true so we're going to take God at his word and look at Joseph but the thing is we're seeing Joseph at the time when he encounters Mary but Joseph had a life before he came to Mary and his life before he came to Mary was a life of prayer was a life of reflection was a life of sacrifice was a life of relationship with God that he recognised the voice of God in the same way Abraham recognised God's voice when he said to him sacrifice Isaac your son on Mount Moriah he must have known something about that he recognised the shepherd's voice he says the sheep hear my voice and their they obey my voice and will no, no, not listen to the voice of a stranger If you know him, you'll be able to differentiate. If someone calls you that you know on your telephone, do you see them visibly? No. But when you hear the voice, you know who it is. They don't have to tell you, it's Joe Blocks. Nine out of 10 people call me, I know who they are. Sometimes voices are muffled. But often not, you know who they are. And we know the voice, you need to know the voice of God. But you won't know the voice of God unless you have that relationship with God. And that's David says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Means he knew who his shepherd. He leads me. The implication to lead means he's following him because he knows him. We follow our imagination, we become our own shepherds. Chip, people watching live stream, be careful you don't become your own shepherd, leading yourself wherever you want to go. Sometimes God says, go here, but you want to go there. Sometimes he says, go here, you want to go there. It's obedience is better than sacrifice. You want to be empowered to obey God. You have the most, you have the whole power of the whole universe. Obey God. Let God be central in your life. You'll be the most powerful entity in the universe. Just obey God. For what, did, what would it profit man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Because God is everything. So let me just come back to Joseph. Joseph had the life, had the history. He encountered Mary, became a guardian in a sense. And God knew the right person to entrust this responsibility to. Are you the right person to entrust the conception of Jesus in this world? Are you the right person to be obedient to the end when you don't understand that you trust it and you put yourself in harm's way for the vision of God? Because when God spoke into the life, he put them in harm's way. How does that work? Hold a second. She's going to be, hold this, how does this work? Let's see, let's see. Let's go to Bethlehem, okay. A census is taking place to see who, where everyone's from, identify uh, population and all these kind of things. Now, you want us to go to, you just spoke to me, angel, in my dream. You said, this is from God. Now, I'm going to go to Bethlehem. Now, if, oh, this is the king of glory. The creators coming in the world and you want to go to Bethlehem. Let us go to Bethlehem. I can't find anywhere for my wife to give birth. How do you work that one out? How does that work out? Someone said, hold this. But you, but it trusted God. There was a stable, unhygienic, unpleasant, dark, whatever the condition was. It was an ideal place for a king to be born. He's the son of God being born. In, but Joseph still obeyed because he saw beyond his rationale or how he processed things. And no sooner does they have the child within a year or two. His life is threatened. They have to flee like, like fugitives. Like Moses fled to go out of Egypt. They fled to go into Egypt. Yeah? Out of Egypt, I fulfilled the prophecy. Out of Egypt, I've called my son. Yeah? And they went to Egypt. And God speaks to them. They go back. On the way back, they're scared. But this is God. This is the creator. Because God wants to do something profound in us. And he takes us through these paths. If I want to make a powerful athlete, I've got to put him through the rigorous adversity. Any athlete. If you want to have a successful athlete, you've got, them, you've got to put them through blood, sweat, and tears to become out empowered. Truth is parallel. And if we're not tested spiritually, we don't know what's in us. Yeah, And God uses his methods, his mechanisms to help us grow. So he could have he opened doors. Here comes the king of glory, as it says in Psalm 20, uh, 24 and so forth. He could have opened doors for, 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 for Joseph, for Mary. They could felt they, were, they hit the jackpot. They, they won the lottery. They're, kind of the, the, they're going to look after the king, the creator. But it doesn't always work like that. Because when you're going down, that's when you're going up in God. When you're becoming weak, that's when you're becoming strong. When you're going through this, that's when you hear the, the, the word, voice of God sensitively. And this is why I marvel, because oftentimes I get calls that, I don't mention them in the church, but over the course of the week, I get people calling me and asking me for direction, for prayer, for encouragement and all these things. And But the problem is, it's not a pro, the, the issue is not praying for them and encouraging. The problem is that they don't, they don't use that opportunity to get a relationship with God, and they get distracted with things in the world and 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 they have. Cha- I've got challenges in my life. If you know what I go through in a week, sometimes to come and stand on a pulpit, you say, "How does this man do this?" I do this through faith because I love God, and I never want to betray my calling in God. And that's what's important. But it's not without the challenge. It's not without the adversity. And that's what makes preaching the word of God greater because I know it's God. Because in myself, I can't do it. It's got to be the Holy Spirit. It's got to be God in me. He who is in us is greater than who is in the world, and that's what Joseph had going for him. He had that relationship. He didn't just turn up. Oh, let me take Mary and betrothed to a young, a young girl. He didn't do that. It was, it was a journey of prayer. The right God selected was from the house of David. He had royal ancestry. Yet his son, what he believed would be, what well, they believed he was his son, which was his was the guardian, was born in a stable. How does it work? God in the most lowest place. And that's the antidote for your pride and my pride. He humbled himself to even that level. It's awesome, it's powerful. You know, it's awe inspiring to, to think what, how God brought the message into the world. And Jesus wasn't applauded. They only gathered around him what he can do physically. And this is what churches get it wrong sometimes. I'm not condemning church, but I'm saying sometimes we even can get it wrong. When we think it's, it's on, the, on the material level, when Jesus was given the food, the physical bread, and given the physical fish, and gratifying their, their own desires, they followed him. When he took it to the next plane, the spiritual, they abandoned him. John 6, verse 66, says this. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. It's all right if I'm giving you from the food bank. It's all right if I'm giving you from the soup kitchen. That's all well and good. But what happens when I stop doing that and I start giving you spiritual nourishment that will satisfy your your soul and your spirit? What are you going to do then? What are we going to do then when when we're just speaking on the spiritual level? Let go of the natural spiritual level. So unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life in you. They get offended. This is cannibalism. But speaking on a different level, different dimension, they're metaphors. They have spiritual meaning to them, and we think as a church we know what that is. Our lifestyle betrays us or reveals us. I say that again. Take note of this. Our lifestyle betrays us or reveals us. And what I mean by this is that your way you live shows whether you are on that level, whether you're not. Your commitment. I keep speaking the Python. And I love everyone. I want everyone to be so. I want everyone to move forward. But I don't I'm not don't make any false assumptions that everyone around me and everyone around us has the same motive and attitude, the same commitment and sacrificial level. I don't make that false assumption, but I love everyone and I want everyone to move forward. Sometimes that's why sometimes I overlook people's selfishness, people's self-absorbed, and people's arrogance and people's attitude. Sometimes I we overlook it because God overlooks it to give us opportunity to get ourselves right to him and keeps giving us lessons that we can be transformed in praise God I'm not here monkey here playing or in a circus for you I'm here to try and help you grow help yourself because my reward is for you to grow and people watching live stream to progress spiritually It's not for me just to look good, articulate, and be clever with the Word of God. It's to help you become the best that you can become in God. Maybe some, may sometimes we overlook things because we're all work in progress. And perhaps God overlooks me. I may have flaws that he may see me that I'm work in progress. But the important thing, we're in the right place to let that process take place. I give him the praise and I give him the glory. So when Joseph saw these things happen, he didn't flinch. He didn't turn away from the challenge. He persevered. even though that child was not his when i was in cyprus i'm going to recount this story just to share with you we were coming out of a supermarket and there was this dog's running around There was an injured dog there i will just share this recount the story and he was limping he had bites on his head he had ticks all over him he had a blood condition i didn't know all these things but i saw him limp pin i saw the bites and my daughter got very emotional about this dog. And I felt very emotional about it. it. just looked at me and just pierced it in my eyes. And I just thought, what can I do with this dog? Can I, do I leave him here? Or do I take responsibility for him? Yeah? This God's honest truth. You know, anyway, you pick, you've probably seen him. And so we decided to open the car door and he came in the car. We took him over. We couldn't take him in the hotel, obviously. And um, we had him there. And... Uh, We the next day we took him to a vet, took him in, and then the cost started rising. Yeah, it's going to cost this. He needs that. He needs all these things. We need to put him in a dog sanctuary for nearly two months. Costs had to be paid. We have to book him a flight to come to England. Costs had to be paid. We had to get him a passport. Costs had to be paid. So, so when I connected outside that supermarket with this creature, I took a responsibility. There's a cost involved in that. His life changed, but my life changed. Because when I'm sitting at night time in my sitting room, and he's looking at me in the face. I think, what have I done? But if we care for a creature, God's creatures, in that way, how much should we care for each other? and not be selfish and when you have the connection there's intrinsic cost involved in that it could be monetary it could be emotional it could be time that cost there and so we need to we need to understand so when we let go of ourselves we embrace our responsibility and that responsibility for some is a nightmare for others it's a fulfillment of a dream Praise God. The good Samaritan, when he saw the man, it cost him his oil, his wine, his two denarii, and whatever else it cost, he would pay on the way back. But praise Jesus Christ, he paid the price for me that I can stand here this evening, on this wonderful December Friday evening, and share the love of God to you. Hallelujah. To know that God loves you without condition. Hallelujah. And he wants us to resemble Joseph. The word Joseph means God shall add. And when we resemble Joseph, God will add in your life because you can never outgive God. God will always add into our lives, hallelujah. When we step out and do things and, and, and not count the cost, and say, Lord, here I am, use me. Take a responsibility. He had the responsibility with Mary and the child Jesus. It wasn't easy can you imagine going on a donkey's ride to go to Bethlehem? We've been to Bethlehem. You know, the terrain, how we went, and there was the roads, well, there was nice roads to drive on. But at the time of Joseph, it was sand, it was desert, it was rough. It wasn't comfortable, but he still embraced that responsibility. And when we embrace that responsibility, God steps in, in a and does things beyond our imagination. I see the evidence of all this. What God is doing in ACC is is profound, unprecedented. What we experienced, unprecedented. The the, the things that we've impacted, unprecedented. I'm telling you, and thank uh, uh, for everyone involved in ACC, from the leadership to all the members, everyone involved. Carry on doing that because we have a greater responsibility. In 2024, we've gone through the small pool to the ocean. Now we're going to the hemisphere. Be ready. Let's stand together. Praise God.